sometimes when you hear about a free offer, you're skeptical. I mean, if it's free, can it be that valuable? Let me tell you about a guy named Sam Unruh. He runs a company called Unruh Furniture. They custom make furniture. He was listening to the podcast. He heard me talk about 5-Minute Marketing Makeover. And Sam went to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com and he watched the three 5-Minute videos that I share on that website that help you clarify your message on your website and your marketing collateral. Sam executed the things that I talked about in the three free videos, and he got such a great return on the things that he did. He felt so guilty. That's what he tells us. He felt so guilty about how much money he made off our free offer that he bought our online course. (laughs) Then he went through the online course. He learned a bunch more stuff. Now he's doing incredible business. You can actually look him up, unruhfurniture.com. That's U-N-R-U-H furniture.com. He's an alumni who's done extremely well, but it all started with five-minute marketing makeover. That's why we give it away for free. We know you're going to see amazing results. Just go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com, learn these practical tips to clarify your message, 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller, and I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hello, Don. How are you today? Fantastic. J.J., what is the cheapest thing you've ever done? <laughs> I'm pretty cheap. Um, there's a lot. You want to be honest? Like there was one time I owned a car and I got in multiple car accidents on and, purpose in order to well, get the insurance money. No, one money. time it got. It, that's kind of what ended up happening. <laughs> is that like there's I drove? I drove around. Uh, well, one my car got stolen and taken on a drug run and dropped on an Indian reservation, and the hood was <laughs> jacked up and the roof was jacked up, and they came to me and said, "Here's how much money you get." for this and instead of it was a red car and instead of putting a red hood on I just left the black hood on the red I car think Zach Galifianakis <laughs> was in that yeah. movie now that <laughs> it really like I just kind of was like I drove around a red car with a black hood because I was like they paid me a thousand bucks to fix it that's and amazing I fixed it I used it same time when I was working at the nonprofit. I would I wanted to go to the movies a yeah. lot every Friday I had off but I couldn't really afford to go to the movies every Friday but I loved it and so I would go to the mall and there was this Basically, like, I'm going to call it a survey company, but really they were like, they tested things on humans. You were just of, like, you were a rabbit that they sprayed makeup little, in your eyes? Basically, it would be like, <laughs> hey, taste this and see if you vomit. Or put this lotion on and see if it gives you a rash. And I would do it every Friday. Like, I would sign up. Some of them were very good. It was like, taste Mountain Dew and tell me what you think. And then yeah. some of it was literally like, here, put this lotion on. And, and they just had a shop at the mall that you No, there and- was like a survey person standing with a clipboard and be like, hey, are you interested in making $15? And I would say, yes, yeah. I am. Again, and so some of them, I would be able to pay for lunch in the mall food court and a movie, and go to a movie. based on getting a rash on my arm from lotion. That's worth it. Rashes go away <laughs> uh, eventually. Cheapest yeah. thing that's ever been done to me personally. Yeah, I had a friend. I kid you not, this happened. He called and I was at work, uh-huh. and he said, "Hey, do you want to meet at Dairy Queen this afternoon? It's like two o'clock, and get a blizzard." You know, like the Oreo and the ice cream all mixed together. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I yeah. do. And he said, well, just meet me at Dairy Queen. Let's get a blizzard. I'm assuming, of course, he wants to talk. There's yeah, something yeah. that he wants to get off his chest. He's waiting in the parking lot when I get there. We walk in. I order my blizzard. I give my money to the lady at the cash register. He lays down a buy one, get one free coupon. <laughs> he orders his blizzard. and that, So obviously I'm thinking, that's a move, right? That's... 
<laughs> and then this is the icing on the cake. He literally takes his blizzard, says goodbye, gets in his car, no. and drives no. away. <laughs> that happened to me. Oh, that is a baller. And we're still friends to this that day. That is a baller. That, it's amazing. I have a lot of respect for that person right now. <laughs> I heard another story I about a do guy that on a date. I heard. You, <laughs> there's no story about a guy, a pastor called another pastor and said, hey, will you cover my pulpit? Like, will you drive down to my church and speak yeah. at my church on Sunday? I'll pay you 500 bucks. Yeah. I swear, this is secondhand. So this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm one person removed from supposedly the person who this yeah. happened to. He drives up to the church. He stays with one of the elders or deacons or whatever they had. He, uh-huh. he stays the night at his place, speaks the next Sunday, leaves, and the deacon gives him a check for 378 bucks, some smaller amount than $500. Yeah. And the guy says, hey, this is fine. I'm so glad to cover the pulpit for my buddy. But he did say $500, and this is just a weird amount, $378. He hands him, the elder hands him an invoice for the bed that he slept in, the shower that he took, the ketchup that he used, (gasps) the dinner that he ate, all at this guy's house. (laughs) Charged him 100 bucks or something. And to uh, which I say, if you're a pastor, you got a story that's worth millions. Yeah, right there. And yeah, you got what you need. <laughs> that is sermon illustration for years. Cheapest I've ever heard. Oh my goodness! The reason we're telling <laughs> stories about the uh, cheap people is because we really don't have to be this way. Yeah, if we've yeah. Heard, there, are, there are better things that you we do can do. Not have to get rashes on your arm. That to is, see it's a bit of a scarcity mindset. <laughs> yeah. So, what does a balanced view of actual money look like? And we're not kidding when we say when people come through the story brand workshop or they buy the online workshop they see an increase in revenue and yeah. suddenly they have more money we've seen a lot of people who've experienced this and a lot of people haven't thought about what they do with their money and so they get into this either spend it all or hoard, hoard it, all it all kind mm-hmm. of mindset and i think a lot of that is because we don't have a plan we don't yeah. have a plan for our money and so we interviewed dave ramsey last year on the podcast and dave has a wonderful daughter her name is rachel cruz she mm-hmm. co-wrote a book with her dad that was number one on the new york times bestsellers list and now rachel has a book of her own called love your life not theirs and it was just released in october and so we sat down with rachel here's what i love about this interview interview, she gives us a few practical tips that we can use, easy to execute stuff, and it's going to get you thinking. I mean, it got Betsy and I thinking about our personal budget. I know pretty much every dollar that goes in and out of this company. We wouldn't operate without a really clear budget, and I just wouldn't do that. The opposite is true of my life. (laughs) Like We get a salary from the company right, to protect Uh ourselves from spending it all, (laughs) and we sort of budget it. I mean, we put away some money in savings, but Rachel got me thinking, without a plan for our money, you're really introducing chaos in your life. I think her tips are fantastic and easy to apply, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this interview. Yeah, super practical, seven money habits for living the life you want. We actually have a worksheet for this mm-hmm. interview as well that you can download at buildingastorybrand.com slash worksheet Yeah, that gives you these steps, and so you can follow along with the interview and then use this to apply in your own life and business. Yeah, and I would actually say this interview is a great one to listen to with your spouse. Yeah. If you're married, you know, you're sharing this with somebody and you're only as strong as your relationship you're only as strong as your home your team needs you to have that stuff figured out so this is a great tool a great way to open a conversation with your spouse about your personal money habits yep all right well here's my interview with rachel cruz
Rachel, thanks for taking time. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's always fun to do a podcast in person. <laughs> I feel it like is. it's usually yeah, it's like better. over a phone or something. So yeah. It's yeah, way it's better. Good. You know, I talked about the intro. You grew up in the Ramsey family. Yes. You did the master of money. <laughs> did you ever like just want to Rebel. Go get a credit card. <laughs> it's so funny you ask. No, I totally, I remember like joking. I was a freshman in college. I was like, yeah, dad, I uh, signed up for a credit card today. And it was just like, and I was like, I'm kidding. And he was like, that's not even funny. And I was like, that's okay. Awesome. <laughs> so the rebellion was all, all in the imagination. Yeah. We have a lot of business leaders who are listening to podcasts and their businesses are growing. Thank goodness. Uh, their message is getting clear. And they're seeing more money. And actually, as our business grew, Betsy and I, we've had recent conversations of, wait a second, our spending has increased without actually a conversation here. And yes, that's the lifestyle I'll, creep. That's exactly it. Totally. So your new book, you talk about seven habits that we need to develop. What are these seven habits that are going to stop us from ruining our lives here in a minute? Yes, well, it's so interesting. On. As I was, as I was digging ourselves in a hole. I know, right? Yeah, as I was looking at this book and the content, I was like, you know, the question I've been asked for me personally is like, hey, Rachel, yeah, you grew up as Dave Ramsey's kid, but like, how do you do this well? Like, how do you manage money well on a day-to-day basis? Like, right. what is, as a mom and a, you know, a wife and you're working and all that, like, what does that look like? And so I just look back and I realized, gosh, you know, we all have money habits in our lives. Some are good and some are bad, mm-hmm. but we all have habits. And so I realized within my story, and thankfully, I very blessed to say I could start early, you know, because of the teaching of, of what we grew up under, but the habits that you create around money are crucial because it's these day-to-day decisions that you don't even realize you're making. Right. And if you can make the wise ones over and over and that becomes part of your norm, suddenly money stress and money worry starts to lower because you're doing it well. Right. So, so Which that, we all do in our business and then we don't translate it into our personal exactly, life. Like you would never yes. go in without a budget or without understanding profit margin and all that yes, kind of stuff. Yes. And then you get home and you're like, well, there's money in the account. I guess I can spend it. Yeah, totally. I know. I know, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like two sides of your brain are completely working. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the personal finance side is, is huge. So yeah, the first habit I talk about, which is kind of the hints, the title of the book is quit mm-hmm. the comparisons. And, and this whole thing sets up the book because this idea of the world we're living in today and social media and keeping up with the Joneses is just like magnified more than ever. Yeah. It, and that's where a big chunk of the temptation is coming from. Absolutely. And what's hard, and, and I'm sure you know you know this, but it's like social media is everyone's highlight reel. Right, right. It's the best part of everyone's life. Yeah. And so what you're seeing is the vacations and the new car, the redone kitchen. You know, it's like all these things and you're like, oh my gosh, everyone's life is so exciting. So I feel like I, I, I want to spend money, right. money I may not have, to keep up a lifestyle that I think everyone else is living and I'm the one missing out. Right. Where in reality, you're not seeing the entire picture, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see the credit card bill that possibly follows you home. You don't see the stress. You don't see the fighting. No, you don't see totally. The yeah. The kids, you know, running around the restaurant screaming. No, it's always like a beautiful <laughs> picnic and everyone's dressed the same. You know, like I'm That's like, right. you just see the perfect part of everyone's life. And so for me and my story, I'm like, I look back and I'm like, and I've struggled with comparison, like mm-hmm. looking at these pictures and seeing this and seeing the lifestyle of some people. And it's not even extravagant stuff, right? I mean, it could be just like these little hints day in and day out that I'm like, oh, I don't do that or right. they're doing this. And so it's just amazing how that not only affects our contentment, but it affects our money ultimately. Yeah. It doesn't just steal your joy, it steals your paycheck. Yeah. And so the idea, if we can build a really strong foundation of contentment and gratitude, which I think defeat comparison, then we really are able to build upon those, the other money habits. But I think dealing with the heart issue of money is key. And I know people don't really focus on this part of personal finance because no, it's, it's about interest rate numbers. It is, yeah, yeah, exactly. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Right, Money's right. not, but it's the love, right? The right. emotion side of money is what we have to focus on. And so having that sturdy foundation of knowing, okay, I'm going to 
put myself back in the driver's seat of my own life, put the blinders on, forget what everyone else is doing and focus on my family, what we value. So that being habit one. Habit one, stop comparing. Stop, yeah, quit the comparisons. Be exactly. All yes. right, habit two. Habit two, steer clear of debts, which is the flagship, I feel like, of really? our company. I know, me. it's shocking. It's shocking <laughs> we're telling you to get out of debt. It's crazy. When I look at this, I'm like, debt is so normal in our world today. Yeah. It's so normal. And mm -hmm. even when I go and I travel and I so talk to people. So it's high blood pressure. Yeah, exactly. That's right, that's right. You know, and I was talking to this guy and he was in college and he looked at me and he was like yeah he goes well I, I'm debt free and I was like you know you're a college student that's debt free it's like a unicorn right like right, you right. don't exist and yeah. I was like okay tell me your story like I want to know how you're doing this and he was like oh no I have $41,000 in student loans but I'm debt free and Donald he was serious I mean he really was like so that doesn't count yeah. it doesn't yeah it doesn't and they're <laughs> like is, yes, doesn't that's right. You know, I'm, I'm debt free, but I have a car loan. You know, I'm like, okay, well, that but it, it's there. Yeah, like, yeah, that exactly. car loan is there. So the idea that debt is owing anything to anyone for any reason. Yeah. And going back mm. to that simplistic definition of debt is something that we've lost in our culture today. And so, and mm. for me, debt, I know the pain and the scar that debt leaves on families and, and your story. I was born the year my parents filed for bankruptcy. Wow. So I was born in April, they filed in September. And so my entire life, you know, watching, you know, them get out of that financial hole, trying to struggle and figure out how to do money well, you know, it, it's, it was hard and that scar is going to be on our family and our story forever. And that's fine. Cause yeah. I know, I know the healing and the hope that comes after that. Yeah. And so this subject is so hopeless for a lot of people. They feel like how in the world can I survive without a credit card? The idea of buying a car without a car loan seems impossible. And so this whole habit is just embodying this idea of really practicing steering clear of debt, not only getting out of debt, but living a life and a lifestyle that is below your means. And what I love and about margin. that also is it's a regulator. It mm. tells us the pace that our life needs to go. You guys use this phrase, uh, we move at the speed of cash, yes. which sometimes isn't very fast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a big believer in that too. I, and my mom raised me on Larry Burkett and all those oh, guys. Yeah, so yeah. I remember I was, I think I was 30 and I bought my first house and the mortgage company came back and said, we've actually never seen this before. You have no credit. I'm like, you mean like bad credit? How do I fix that? They go, no, you have, you literally have no. You have zero. There's yeah. no You're number. undetermined is what they call you. <laughs> like, You're undetermined. They looked at me like world. maybe I was a Russian spy or something and I have it under the radar. But that has served me. I mean, my oh. wife and I, we, you know, we've only been married a few years. I don't think we've ever argued about money. And you hear people argue about it. Mm -hmm. And even some guys on our staff, Tim, our COO, uh, is debt-free. Yes, and, I remember seeing your story, yeah. And then even our company is debt-free. And I was president of a publishing company for a while that was tied to a bank. And I'm telling you, it's a pain in the rear mm -hmm. end. And if you can get there, yeah. get there fast. Well, I'm a huge believer in that. Chris Hogan, who's one of our speakers, he has a great line. I wish I said it because I was like, but I feel like I need, I'm going to quote him so he can't get mad at me. Yeah. But he said that debt's a thief. It not only steals mm -hmm. your income, but it steals your peace of mind. It does. And that's it. Like, it again, back to that emotion. So, yeah. So, steer clear of debt. Make All right. that habit. No debt. Three. Make a plan for your money. There you go. Which is the B word, the budgets. See, I just <laughs> bragged about being debt free, but honestly, Betsy and I don't I hardly have a plan. I for know it. it's hard. We, we review the plan for our company every day, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, Let's totally. Just do Postmates tonight. That's yeah, what's right, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. I mean, for real. It's mm -hmm. and I write about this habit from my perspective because I'm a natural spender. Mm -hmm. You're either naturally a saver or a spender, and right. if you're in marriage, usually opposites attract. So mm -hmm. one of you leans yeah. one way or the other. And I'm a spender, so a budget for me is probably the hardest habit out of all I talk about in the book for me, besides the comparison thing. But this one, tactically speaking, is so hard for me, and I, it was hard for me to live on a budget. Because I always saw a budget as 
you know, whenever I heard the word, it was like, well, we can't go out to eat. We're on a right. budget, you know. Budget or, means you can't. Oh, I wish you could go on vacation with you guys, but we're on a budget. Yeah. I'm like, people on budgets are not fun people. Like, if that's your <laughs> life on a budget, yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> and so I just, I had this experience when Winston and I were on vacation where I, I tried to forget about the budget. He was like, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. And I found myself spending money and feeling so out of control for the first time in a long time because we had mm. been on a budget consistently for a few huh. years. And the one time he was like, Rachel, just don't worry about the budget. And I was like, oh, freedom. I get to live in my strengths, right? I get to really right, not right, have to think right. about this. And I found myself completely like losing my mind. So I was like, I have no clue where our money's going. And so I realized that a budget doesn't limit your freedom. A budget gives you freedom. Mm. It gives you permission to spend. It gives you permission to do the things that you value. And you can go buy a jacket this winter at the mall and pay for it. And you're not second guessing like, oh, right. is that bad? Is that okay? Should we have done that? Or you go out to a nice dinner and it's like, oh, is that too expensive? I don't know. You know, yeah. when all you, that's when gone. When you pre-decided the budget, there's no guilt about totally. even yes. the, the fun stuff. The guilt and the shame. And talk about the no fighting couples, especially. It's amazing when you can agree on where your money's going. You're agreeing on not just money. I mean, it's your dreams, it's your goals, your fears, your values. Everything's lined yeah. up. And it's amazing the money fights and money problems really significantly go down in a marriage when you can just simply agree on, hey, this is what we're going to spend. Well, I want everybody to buy your book, but will you give me just a few categories within the budget? I want to dive just a little bit deeper yes. on this one. Yes, yes, yes. You can go really simple and just go give, save, and spend oh, good. in that order. Yeah. And that's how I teach even parents when you teach your kids about money. Teach right. them to give first, save second, spend third. And so when you're going and that being your order, because a lot of people say, Rachel, I want to be able to give, I want to save, but after I pay all my bills, I don't have any money. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that's because your budget's upside down. Right, right, right. So you have to prioritize that giving and saving and then you spend. And so in your spending, I call it the four walls. So it's your food, shelter and utilities, transportation and clothing. These are your needs. There you go. So make sure that's a priority. And then anything below that, you get to say, okay, this is if what we, else. Yeah. Entertainment, personal, miscellaneous. I mean, it could be any any other category that you spend money on. And that's the thing is your budget, it's up to you. I mean, you get to decide it. And so you get to say, okay, this is what we decide to spend money on this month. And you plan for it. Right. And, and it sounds easy, I know, but your first month, it's going to be a disaster. So just prepare. The second <laughs> month's a little harder. The third month, it's going to start working. It's and an evolutionary so, process. Yeah, exactly. So be patient with it. Okay. Habit number four. Habit four is think before you spend why? This is, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Yeah. Impulse buying, it's crazy how much it eats up our lives. I mean, you $5 yourself to death, yeah. $20 yourself to death, you know, through the Starbucks line or, you know, walk into Target and it's like the black hole of goodness. And you're like, oh my gosh, as a woman, I'm like, I can spend so much money in here. And it's just these things that just, they eat away and you yeah. look up and it doesn't seem like a big deal. And then you realize, oh, wow, we spent 200 bucks this month doing that. I mean, yeah. it's just crazy. So just take the emotion out, take the impulse out, think before you spend. Yeah, maybe like a 24-hour uh, yeah. hit pause. Totally. Let's well, talk about this tomorrow. And Winston and I, we have a dollar amount that we won't spend above uh, unless we sleep on it. So it's That's like, smart. Yep. So it's like, okay, if we're going to spend this, we'll do it the next day. And it's amazing the emotion that comes out. And when you steer clear of debt and you're paying with your own money, yeah. you're like definitely second guessing. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, we could take a very nice vacation with that. Do we want a new TV or do we want, you know what I mean? You, exactly. you start really thinking through your decisions. So yeah. think before you spend. Okay. Habit number five. Save like you mean it. Because yeah. we all know we should save money. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's kind of what we're talking about with the budget. So you have to make it a priority. So whether you're saving for an emergency fund, if you're saving up for a new car, even for retirement in the future, you're investing, whatever it is, you have to save like you mean it. Like if you say you want to save money, you have to do it. And this is just a disciplinary principle. I mean, you just, you have so to. I mean, there, when there's you get no your way paycheck, you're generous with a portion of it. You put some in savings and then you start exactly. life after yep. that. Is that, that part of being yep. serious? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so again, and it's just being intentional because- we all have good intentions to save. And then you look up 
four or five months later, it's like, oh, wow, we've just yeah. spent everything. So I look at it there. like, I don't even look at it like saving. I look at it like buying peace of mind. Ah, oh, that's like good. I'm, I'm going to give X amount of money this yep. month and buy peace of mind. That yes. way if a recession hits or whatever, yeah, it's we've there. got this. Well, and especially women. So men out there, if you're married, women, we have a sense of security with us. Not an unhealthy security, but it's there with money. And knowing that there is just simply an emergency fund in place of just three to six months of expenses in the bank, I think women rest in a place that men don't have. I think that there's just something in us. And Winston and I, we have an emergency fund for the emergency funds. Cause I was like, that's great. Let's just <laughs> so wait one more question. Yeah, fund? exactly. I mean, you really do, but gosh. And again, it's not an unhealthy security, but it's in our world today. I mean, just having that pad between you and life is it's huge. That you're not depending upon a credit card and visa yeah. to catch your slack in life. It's your cash. Absolutely. That's you. So, I, you know, I see that in my wife. One of the best moves I ever made, even just getting married, was sitting down and buying a bunch of life insurance and doing that. Yes. And just going, if anything happens to me, you're, you're great. Idiots. Which allows me to like go boating and do crazy things. <laughs> Jump out of planes. <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Save like you mean it. Habit number six. Talk about money even when it's hard. All right. Even when it's hard. Not if it's hard. It's going. How do you bring it up? To be hard. It's amazing how much this subject can wedge between a marriage. It, it puts a mm. wedge between you if you're not careful. And so it's open, hard, honest, raw conversations. I mean, yeah. it really is. I remember I was in New York doing media and we had an afternoon. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go to, you know, a few shops and just look. And I totally overspent. And I saw the total and I was like, I knew it was in our checking account. I knew I wasn't like taking us into bankruptcy or something. Right, right, right. Then I was like, but I work hard. We have the money. And <laughs> I was like, excuses. I'm going to do it. I, yeah. And it's me. And I was like, I deserve it, it because this. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just going to get it because I want it. And so yeah. I ended up getting it. And usually I text them like, hey, heads up. We'll kind of like just talk about that kind of stuff if I'm out of town, especially. And I was like, I'm not going to tell them. And I didn't. And then that night at dinner, it was like, I was like cheating. Mm, I mean, there was some, yeah. really, and I know it sounds extreme, <laughs> but I was like, because I we never hide stuff. And that feeling of, of hiding a purchase, it was horrible. So I finally called and I was like, <gasps> Winston. <laughs> I was like, I, and not like I'm like confessing to my dad, right? I mean, we have a healthy relationship, but I'm like, listen, you're going to see this come up on the bank account probably yeah. tomorrow. And so, you know, and he was like, Rachel, it's fine. I mean, what, you know, it was yeah. fine. It, There's it was a grace lot of grace. Involved. Yeah. yeah but I tell people all the time, and I wouldn't say just women, because I think men could do this too, but just this financial infidelity, even the smallest yeah, stuff, yeah. hiding these purchases, not communicating, it starts to eat away at your marriage. And the mm. intimacy, the level that you guys can connect, I mean, it, it, money really does. It wedges in between because it's more than just money. It's about being dishonest. Yeah. It's about, you know, and your, it's about your us fears, saying we doing, were going to do something and one of us didn't. Yeah, right, 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 right. right, right. Yeah. Totally. So talk about it. So that's within a marriage. If you're single, I always tell someone, find someone in your life that's good with money yeah. and show them everything, which is very uncomfortable, Ooh. but show them your income, show them your taxes, your investments, your debt, have other eyes looking on this because yeah. it's a very lonely process trying to do well with money and you don't have anyone else to keep accountable. I mean, it's just yeah. you. And so really that's scary. Find well, that the most one of the most embarrassing conversations of the year, our accountant Looked at me and Betsy was sitting there and said, you guys eat at this Mexican restaurant a lot. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, dang it. The reality was Betsy wasn't eating at that Mexican <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> it was me and anybody who would go with me. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Okay, habit number seven. Yes, uh, give a little until you can give a lot. Oh, yeah, but start now. Start now. Start where you are. One of my favorite quotes is John D. Rockefeller. He said, I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I didn't tithe my first salary, mm. which was a dollar and fifty a week. Wow. And I hear that and I'm like, it's just the old principle that money magnifies who you are. And so you hear these people that win the lottery and they go bankrupt within on average, what, like four years or something. Yeah, right. 
And it's because they don't know what they're doing. You know, and so money's going to magnify whoever you are as a person. And so if you can start now with your character and who you are, even if money's tight, even if you're living paycheck to paycheck, I mean, buy someone Starbucks behind you. I mean, do just something where you start, this part of your character starts developing. Because when you move from being selfish in life to selfless, selfless people, I believe, prosper. I mean, yeah. I think selfless mm-hmm. people have better quality There's relationships. There's a connection. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Not only that, but you know, I, I talked about savings is like buying peace of mind. I feel like generosity is kind of like buying freedom from the control that money can have yes. on you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because you don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't love writing that check, you know? Right, but right. You write it and you go, this means this doesn't control me. Yes, this absolutely. Month, you well, it's that, it's that open me. hand mentality where you're not right, closed yeah. fist all the time. It's this open hand. And so, yeah, starting where you are, because really, and it sounds cliche, but it's true. Giving really can be the most fun you have. I mean, if you mm-hmm. find creative ways to do it, it's so fun. Even if you leave like a $200 tip at Waffle House, yeah, right? Go in for a cup of yeah. coffee, do it. Go outside and just watch the exchange happen between the waitress when she finds it. I mean, it's just, That's it, great. there's so can, much yeah. joy in it. There really is. And people think, well, if I just had more money, I would be able to give. And I don't think giving's a math issue. I think it's a heart issue. Yeah. Where's your value system? And so, and people are going to hate me for this, but it's true. I'm like, if you pay Comcast every month and you're not giving, what's your priorities? Really? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could cut that down just a little bit and give a little bit more. I mean, just, you really want to look because again, your character throughout this process and dealing with money, it is huge. It's going to determine so much because ideally, if you put these habits in place, over a period of time, you're going to become wealthy. Yeah. If you have no debt, if you're saving for the future, if you're investing, if you're giving, all of these things lead to wealth. And if you become wealthy and you're not giving throughout that process, you're going to be one of those rich jerks that <laughs> everyone thinks rich <laughs> people are, right? Like you're going to make the stereotype right. true. And so right. just being so intentional with this. And again, I know it's hard for people, but gosh, if you can make this a part of your life, it's incredible. I love it. Okay. I want to review the seven habits. One, stop comparing, be content, might need to, to check out of Instagram for a little bit. That's right. <laughs> Be debt-free. Head toward being debt-free. That's a trap. Make a plan. And you went through a little bit of how to do that. Think before you spend. I'm going to take that one home. With <laughs> Save like you mean it. Be serious about saving. Talk about money even when it's hard. And give a little until you can give a lot. Rachel, this has been great. The book is Love Your Life, Not There, Seven Money Habits for living the life you want. I'll tell you, if you have a significant other, pick up this book and read it together. Just read a couple chapters every night before you go to bed. That's a great way to start the conversation. This is a slow evolving process, but three, six months from now, we can all feel really great, really balanced, a lot more peace. Absolutely. Deeply connected to meaning in our life because we're actually giving generously. Rachel, you're changing the world. You're making the world a better place. Thanks, Donald. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's time for the segment of the podcast called How'd They Do It? And JJ, this week you interview Guy Bauer. Yes. And Guy makes videos. Yep, out of Chicago. In fact, he's, he's probably a guy a lot of our listeners might want to hire someday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What's interesting about people who make videos, if you create a story brand one page, that's get your message down on one page, you actually have a little script, an outline yep. to create a great Video and yeah. Guy has worked with NBC, Bridgestone, McDonald's, yeah. a bunch of great brands. And the story brand 
process really informed a lot of what he was already doing. Well, and the thing about what he talked about is he said there's so many video companies out there, yeah. right? And so he, when he came to StoryBrand, he was really looking to stand out. Mm-hmm. Like how do you differentiate between other companies? And one of the main things he talks about is that every video company on their site has a reel. Basically all your hottest footage and your yeah. best looking yeah. stuff up there. And it really is just a way of bragging about you. And instead, what he created is a sales video brilliant, based on his story brand one page. Yeah. Basically, he walked through it and he said he took the seven elements and he wrote a script that he turned into a sales page. He doesn't even put a reel on his page. He puts a sales video. It makes the customer the hero, goes right after the customer. And he said that alone has differentiated him and people want to come. He gets yeah, more because inquiries Yeah, because instead of somebody of going to his website and the video saying, we're awesome, look at what awesome work we do, yeah. they actually find themselves in the video because he says, are you struggling with this? Then we can help you create this that yes. will accomplish that. And everybody, it's, exactly it's a did. language they understand and they're speaking. Yeah. So he changed his site to really focus focus on that and focus on the customers instead of themselves. And he said the qualified leads that they're getting now are exponentially more than what they were getting before because people now understand what he does and how it makes their life better. All right. Well, terrific. Let's listen to this interview that you did with Guy Bauer. Hello. Hey, Guy. It's JJ from StoryBrand. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Wonderful. Great, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. So, Guy, tell us, what does your company do? We're a video production company based in Chicago. Okay. And we help our clients win more customers uh, with amazing videos. Love it. Everybody's looking for videos these days. It's really like on their website and email campaign just to sell. I mean, videos work really, really well. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Videos are how people want to digest information now instead of reading. Yeah. Uh, instead of reading what could be like multiple pages, just show me a, a quick video and I'll understand because you get both the visual feed of information and the audio feed of information. Yeah, at the Story Brand Workshop, we use a lot of videos from commercials and online videos for companies in order to kind of show how to communicate your story very clearly. Because in video, you can do it quick, you can do it beautifully, and you show, don't tell what you do. Exactly. And a lot of times, you know, the medium is the message. And that's why I'm a fan of really high quality video. And that's the value that we bring too, is that um, it says as much about your brand as the actual content that is inside of it. So you came to the live workshop in Nashville over a year ago now. What are some of the things after going through the workshop that you changed in your marketing? Sure. So the biggest thing that changed, it's the biggest story brand message is that you're not the hero, your client is (laughs) the hero. So the main thing we changed was just our entire way of thinking. And it went beyond marketing. It actually went into our procedures and processes and how we work with our clients. Everything was always from our point of view. We need this timeline because it's better for us to get you your video instead of when would you like your video, you know? So from the website, the website is now like changed into the client's point of view. So very little of our website is ever talking about ourselves. It's all from the client's point of view, the value they get out of working with our company. And the other thing that we changed is um, in the video production world, 
on your main site, you're supposed to have this thing called a reel. And mm-hmm. a reel is just, you know, like the best looking images with some fast paced, high energy music. And everybody does the same and they all look and sound the same. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was I deleted our reel and we just released this promotional video around a month or two ago where I literally took out the story brand framework, uh-huh. filled in the framework for if we were making a promotional video about ourselves and wrote the script beat by beat, like <laughs> verbatim in the seven, oh using the gosh. seven steps. And so that's our new promotional video on our site. When you land on our site, it's a video about you, a marketing person in a company that was just told to make a video and it runs the exact story 99% of our clients go through. Oh, I love that you did that. I love that you were able to do that. And have you seen any results from that? Here's what I'll say. After we changed our messaging, we always got people to, to contact us. We're a very inbound lead company. We don't really go out. Uh So we've always had emails come in. But what I've noticed is that the number of qualified emails has doubled, if not tripled. When they are contacting us, they are saying, yes, like you understand me. These leads that are coming through our site now, they're more buttered up. They're ready to go. They understand where they fit in in our process and how we can help them. Love it. It saves you time in having to return phone calls of people who aren't even qualified to use your product. Exactly right. And what we've done too is for no other reason than just being different, we stick out like a sore thumb now. Yeah. So when clients come on our page, the number one thing that I hear is no one else looks and sounds like you. So I want marketing like that. I want a video like that. So I'm going through you and they haven't even seen a lick of our video because they, we don't have a reel on our site anymore. All we have is that promotional video. And it just shows you that if you can talk to your client and kind of resonate with them and empathize with them and, you know, really it's that story brand seven framework, they will want to work with you and they may not even know or think you have the best actual product. (laughs) It's just, you can, you relate to them better than anyone else does. Exactly. You can communicate what you are already doing. It's not creating a new language about what you do. It's just communicating in a way that helps them understand how they fit within your product. Exactly right. The thing that I think people get hung up on, or at least I did before I went to the actual workshop, was you you overthink it. You know, you overthink what your value is or what your differentiator is. And and there's this awesome part of the conference where Donald goes around the room and everyone gives their one line of what their company really does for their customers. And invariably, all of them are like five sentences long. (laughs) And then Donald then boils it down for you and gives you like a five word, you know, sentence of what your company does. But he's exactly right. And actually, the line that's on our site, win more customers with an amazing video that came from Donald himself at StoryBrand. So, you know, that was a huge takeaway. (laughs) You don't have to overthink what your company is really doing for your clients. It's very simple. That would be a huge tip I would have is, you know, people trying to refine their marketing messages. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Don't overthink. Keep things simple. And the other thing you've mentioned is keep the focus of your marketing on your customer. Um, And we say that, I mean, people who listen to this podcast probably hear that over and over again. You are not the hero of the story your customer is, but I don't think we can say it enough because just if you get that one thing from listening to this, it'll change everything in your business. 
Well, thank you so much, Guy, for taking the time and giving some tips to our listeners today. The reason we wanted to have you on is because we look at your site and love it because it's just so simple and clear. You've got the messaging, you've got the authority, you've got the process, and it's just a good-looking site, and it's very simple. So you are at Guy Bauer, that's B-A-U-E-R.com for people um, who want to check out an example of a great website, but even more so if you're looking for an amazing video to win more customers, check out Guy Bauer. Thank you. So thanks so much for being with us and have a great day. It's my pleasure, JJ. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of the Building a Story Brand podcast. If you want to download the worksheet that will help you process the content that Rachel Cruz shared on this interview, go to buildingastorybrand.com slash worksheet. Print it out, talk it over with your spouse, and get in control of your money habits. Well, we hope you like this episode of the Building a Story Brand podcast. We want to tease a little bit of the next interview we're doing. Here's a clip from next week's episode. Take care of the people who already believe and trust and like and know and are buying from you. Take care of them as opposed to getting all caught up in creating you know, your next big thing or targeting new customers. What has allowed us to enjoy greater success and earn more money and work less is by realizing that we didn't need to create things out of the blue and hope that people would want to buy them. Instead, I just started taking care of a group of people. And rather than throwing something up against the wall, I started realizing like these people are on a journey very similar to mine. And I've got to go way, way, way back to what I needed when I first started, mm. as opposed to giving them the, here's what I know now, because they're not ready for it. Right. And if you can create product line that serves as a journey for your customers, mm-hmm. it's easier for them, it's easier for you, and you're gonna make more money. Music from this episode is from Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's music on Spotify or iTunes. Thanks as always for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.